Hello and welcome. My name is Dr. Kenitra Bryant, and today's motivational aim targets keep it separate. I want to thank you all for joining me. If you are a first time listener, feel free to listen to parts one through 31 of the Boundary series. Also, I encourage you to share this series and this episode with someone you know. And if you don't know, I am teaching on the importance of boundaries and I am using the Word of God providing foundational practical examples we can all learn from and implement as it relates to setting God-honoring boundaries with confidence. Jumping right on in with the motivational aim, keep it separate. We know what separate means. It means to keep apart. And that is what I mean when I say keep it separate. I'm going over the importance of enforcing boundaries. All right. I'm pretty sure y'all gathered that. When you enforce boundaries, there are some things you will need to keep separate. Simply put, don't put them together. Don't mix them. Don't put that with that. Don't put this with that. Don't put A with B or B with C or C with D. Keep it separate. It is vital that you ask God for wisdom, discernment, and understanding regarding the boundaries he wants you to enforce and the things and people he wants you to keep separate. It's all good to separate people from you and what you have going on, but it's vital to also separate certain people from your connections, your events, your ideas, and your daily operations. And I'm going to go over a story in scripture that I went over earlier in the series, but I want to show you the importance of keeping things separate After a boundary has been enforced, whether it's a physical boundary, a mental boundary, an emotional, financial, relational, or professional boundary, when God tells you to enforce the boundary, there are some things he wants you to keep separate, and it's in your best interest to keep it separate. Now, the story I'm referring to is when Abram separated from his nephew Lot. You're most likely aware, if you've listened to this series, that I went over the account of Abraham and Lot. The story is found in Genesis the 12th through the 13th chapters, and I encourage you to read those passages of Scripture in its entirety on your own. But in Genesis, the 12th chapter through the 13th chapter, we learn that God told Abraham to separate from his family. And that could be the very thing God told you to do. So God told Abraham, separate from your family, leave your mama, leave your kinfolk, leave your daddy, leave the area, leave those known associations because I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make your name great. You will be a blessing. Now. God told Abraham to leave, but his nephew Lot tagged along. Abraham enforced a boundary. Abraham did leave his family, but when his nephew went with him, that was a half boundary. And that half boundary that he enforced led to whole problems in Abraham's life. 
Now, when Lot went with Abraham, there was quarreling with Abraham's employees. And there was quarreling with Lot's employees. When Lot went with Abraham, the land could not support the both of them. Lot was kidnapped and Abraham had to go rescue him. Then Lot traveled to a town where there was wickedness going on. And then the Lord destroyed that town. I mean, praise God that God shared with Abraham his plans for wiping that whole town out. And God even went on and saved Lot and his family. Then Lot and his daughters did some deplorable things. They went down some dirty paths and roads that they weren't supposed to travel on. There was just a lot of wicked decisions made. And everything Lot had going on served as the fruit for Abraham to look at that confirmed why God told Abraham to enforce the boundary and separate from his father's household. And when you read the book of Genesis, you will see that Lot had a lot going on. And it had nothing to do with honoring God and keeping God first. Lot lived in Sodom. Okay. Sodom and Gomorrah, some cities, they were some wicked cities. It was a lot of wickedness going on down there. And when you read it for yourself and for those who've already read it, you are aware how wicked the people were and how these people or those people had no regard for God's word whatsoever. So when God made the decision to destroy and wipe out Sodom and Gomorrah, he told Abraham about it. And then God sent some angels to go snatch up Lot and his family to lead them to safety. When the angels reached the town, the holy angels of God, they reached this deplorable, wicked, disgusting city. They were treated by the people who lived there. They were treated worse than a diseased rodent. But that's where Lot lived. That is where Lot lived with his family. Lot's family was in Sodom and Gomorrah. His business was there. His co-workers were there. His employees were there. His things were there. His lifestyle was there. That's where that man chose to live. So God tells Abraham, yeah, I'm about to give Sodom and Gomorrah that smoke. I'm about to give them those ashes, that fire and destruction. God sends the angels down there. And you know the story. The angels were leading. They were leading Lot to safety. And Lot hesitated. And y'all know what hesitate means. It means to be reluctant, unwilling to do something. And when that happened, as I mentioned earlier, the angels had to apprehend Lot and his family like some little kids. Grab their hands and lead them away. But the hesitation speaks volumes. Because the hesitation shows 
It was something back there that they wanted. Lot hesitated. It was something back there that he wanted. He didn't hear, hey, this is a wicked place. You got to get out of here. God's about to destroy it. He didn't think about, you know what? God's about to destroy this. God spared me. God rescued me. God's going to supply my needs because he did it before. No, he didn't hear that. He hesitated. Could that be the fruit? That fruit of hesitation that Lot displayed. Could that be the fruit that Abraham needed to see? That confirmed why God said, hey, get away from those people. Get away from them. I mean, who hesitates to be around wickedness? Because for those who know the story, they were doing some trash down there. Trash, garbage, wicked, evil stuff. That's how they were living. They woke up living that way. They had no regard for righteousness whatsoever. No regard for God. No regard of anybody doing anything right. If anybody was doing anything right, or they want to come attack, abuse that person, so they could be right in the trenches of wickedness and evil with them. But you see how God was merciful to Lot and his family? Because of Lot's association and relationship with Abraham. In the 17th verse of Genesis, the 19th chapter, it states that as soon as they had brought them out, the angels, as soon as the angels had brought them out, one of them said, flee for your lives. Don't look back and don't stop anywhere in the plain." Flee to the mountains or you will be swept away. Then the Lord destroyed the city, the vegetation, everything. Okay. Fast forward. The next morning, Abraham gets up. He looks down towards Sodom and Gomorrah, the place where Lot used to live. And Abraham saw dense smoke rising from the land. Like smoke from a furnace. And when God destroyed the cities of the plain, he remembered Abraham and he rescued Lot from that catastrophe. And that is what I want to expound on. Quick recap. Quick recap. God tells Abraham to move away from his family. God tells Abraham to move away from his environment, his old customs for a reason. God says enforce a boundary for a reason. Abraham enforced a half boundary. Because his nephew Lot went with him. Lot went along for the journey. Lot caused a lot of problems. Abraham goes ahead and forces the full boundary with his nephew. He separates from nephew. Nephew goes his separate way. And Abraham goes his separate way. Nephew goes to his house. Abraham, uncle, goes to his house. God speaks to Abraham after he separates from Lot. God confirms all of the blessings he would bestow on Abraham and his descendants as soon as he enforced that full boundary. Abraham keeps the boundary. One day God tells Abraham that he's going to destroy the place where Lot lives. But he will rescue Lot because God knows Abraham loves Lot. 
And God tells Abraham this to let him know, I'm doing this because he's connected to you. Now, Abraham is watching all of this from a distance. You know why? Because Abraham enforced a boundary. And although God said, hey, I'm about to go destroy the place where your nephew lives, God didn't tell Abraham to move the boundary marker. That boundary marker had to stay in place, even when he heard news that was uncomfortable to hear. So God sends some angels to go get Lot and his family. Lot and his family hesitate. They were still rescued. God burns the whole city up. He had to let the people know, hey, I'm God and I'll punish you. You ain't my equal. We ain't people. I ain't one of you. So God set it off. He set it off in that. Set it off. God set it off, gave them the smoke. Abraham gets up, looks towards Sodom and Gomorrah, and he sees that the place is destroyed. But guess what? Abraham stayed on his side of the boundary. He stayed on his side, even though he looked down, saw where his nephew used to live is destroyed, it's smoking like a furnace. Abraham didn't cross the boundary marker. Abraham's nephew was running for his life. Abraham's grand nieces were running for their lives. And Abraham stayed put and he stayed on his side of that enforced boundary that God told him to stay on. Abraham kept it separate. I mean, no doubt he was thinking about his nephew and his nephew's family. We know he did because he was praying to God on their behalf. And God answered his prayer to rescue his nephew. But Abraham didn't move the boundary. We don't read about Abraham looking towards Sodom and Gomorrah where Lot lived and him trying to put a rescue team to go find Lot and bring Lot to his house. We don't read that. We don't read that at all. Although there was smoke, Abraham enforced and kept that boundary in place. We don't read anywhere in the Bible when God told Abraham, Abraham, go ahead and invite Lot and his family to live with you after I destroy the city. No. And shout out to whatever insects those are outside that are saying hello to y'all. We're going to keep pressing forward and keep pressing through. But no, we don't read anywhere in God's word where God told Abraham to erase the boundary he enforced. We don't read that. Yeah, Lot was hiking on mountains, hiding in caves. All he had was his children and his life and the clothes on his back and the clothes on his kids' back. That's it. And even though Lot was running for his life, <laughs> running, hiding in caves, God didn't say, Abraham, Lot's going through a tough time right now. I know I said to enforce a boundary, Abraham, but he's thirsty. His daughters are scared. Go get him and bring him back so he can get on his feet. 
No, we don't read that nowhere. We don't read it. We also don't read Abraham praying to God, asking God, Lord, you destroyed where Lot was living. And I know he's going through, Lord, but please let him come live with me again. Nope. You know why possibly Abraham didn't pray that prayer? Because he already dealt with nephew before the smoke. He already examined the fruit his nephew produced. And Abraham already went through that whole problem or those whole problems before. He already know what it looks like to enforce half boundaries. He wasn't going through that again. Mm-mm. Even though it was a serious situation, Abraham didn't get involved with that because God did that. God overturned and destroyed that city. That wasn't Abraham's place to get involved and try to go save nephew. Abraham stayed on his side of that enforced boundary. And Abraham let Lot stay over there where he was. Abraham didn't send him a text message saying, Nephew, fam, heard you were going through some issues. Come on to my house so y'all can freshen up. Nope, he didn't do that. Abraham left nephew alone. Abraham left him alone. And Abraham loved him from afar. And Abraham kept doing what God told Abraham to do. Abraham had enough wisdom to realize, hey, if the Lord sent his angels to go rescue Lot from a serious situation... The Lord knows how to send Lot everything he needs to care for him during his storms. God knows how to help Lot in the cave. God knows how to provide for Lot in the mountain. God knows how to do that because God rescued Lot. And if God did that, let me stay put and do what God told me to do. God has it under control. God has me. God has Lot. That's not my responsibility. That's God's business. And that's Lot's business. Let me keep this boundary up and keep all of these emotions separate. Let me keep all of these feelings separate. Yeah, God has nephew. Nephew will be all right if nephew stays connected to God. Now... This account in scripture is something we can all learn from. There will be moments in life when God tells us to enforce boundaries and we have to stick to them. Even when we hear that the person we enforce the boundary with is going through some uncomfortable situations. Sometimes the things they go through are not their fault. And sometimes what they go through is their fault. It's their own doing. They chose to go there. They chose to do that. They chose to pick that up. They chose to get involved with them and with that. And of course, you're not wishing anything bad on them. And you know what they're doing isn't right. But all you can do is what Abraham did, whether it's their fault or not. You have to stay on your side of the boundary marker. You have to enforce the boundary and you just pray for them. 
Abraham didn't cross the boundary and create a committee to go seek Lot and his family to take them out of that place. No, he left that for God to do. And he did it for a reason. And guess what? It could be the very reason you have to leave things alone with people. You love them, but you can't get into that anymore, whatever that is. You can't go over there anymore, wherever there is. Because if you cross the boundaries God told you to enforce, messing with them or that or there, you'll find yourself disobeying God. And we all know when a person disobeys God and disobeys boundaries, it leads to damage. It's going to damage something. And yeah, it's tough. It's tough to see the people you enforced a boundary with dealing with smoke, dealing with fire, dealing with devastation and storms. But if God told you to keep it separate, obey God. God knows how to tell us to lift a boundary marker to go help somebody. He knows how to tell us to go do that. He's done it before. He did it with Ananias concerning Paul. God knows how to get our attention to tell us what to do. But when he doesn't tell us to do something and we do it, that is disobedience. No matter how good of a person you think that act makes you. If God didn't tell you to do it, stay put. There's nothing wrong with keeping stuff separate. There's nothing wrong with keeping it separate. I mean, you can love somebody and keep it separate. And whatever it is, you know what that is. Now, for those who've prayed to God for wisdom dealing with people, you've had to enforce boundaries with, you already know you're not going back. You already know you're not playing with boundaries. You will not play, skip, hop, jump, laugh, and dance on the boundary marker. You know you're not doing that. And then you're not playing because you don't want other people's whippings that they're getting from Jesus to get you. You don't want to be hit with those whips, crossing boundaries you weren't supposed to cross. You don't want to inhale and breathe in the smoke God is giving somebody else. No, you're going to stay on your side. You're going to stay on your side of that boundary if you have any sense. Yeah, you're not doing that because you already know you have something to lose. And you know what happened last time when you commingled your stuff with somebody else. You know what happened last time? The land couldn't support the both of you. And the land could represent an idea, a place, a thing, an event. But when you didn't keep it separate, you had to separate eventually. Boundaries had to be enforced. Because you didn't keep it separate. Now you went through that and you see the importance of cutting things off. Separating things. Enforce the boundary. Enforce the boundary. Don't group things with people God told you to separate from. Don't share things with people God told you to enforce boundaries with. Enforce the boundary. Don't feel obligated. 
don't feel obligated when people are going through smoky seasons and you enforce the boundary with that person going through the smoke where you feel that, you know what, I know it's tough for them. They're going through this smoky season. Let me just allow these ashes just to pile up and distort the boundary line so I can help them out. Uh Uh-uh. Keep things separate. Be strong. Keep it separate and enforce the boundary. Let's say you enforce the boundary with someone. It doesn't mean you cut them off. It doesn't mean that you're rude to them. But you're keeping things separate. And if you're keeping things separate, keep it separate. Keep it separate where people know you're on this side and they're on that side. There's no confusion about that. And I don't care what it is. I don't care what it is that you have to keep separate. Keep it separate when you enforce boundaries. I mean, it could be something as simple as separating where you go get your hair done, where you go get your hair cut. Keep that separate from those people. Enforce that boundary. Keep that boundary. It has nothing to do with you not hooking your beautician up or your barber up with new clientele. No. You know these people that you enforce the boundary with. Don't go inviting those people to where you get your hair done and where you get your hair cut. Don't do it. (laughs) Don't do it. Keep it separate. That No. They need to go find their own stylist, beautician, and barber. They need to go do that on their own. That's not your responsibility. I don't care who it is. It could be your mama, your daddy, your sister, your granny, your cousin, your friend. If you enforce boundaries with them, keep it separate. Keep it separate. And sometimes when you enforce boundaries with people, they'll do anything to erase that boundary marker. Even if it means, hey, yeah, where'd you get your hair done? Where'd you get your hair done? I mean, I really want to get on the road to healthy hair. And your hair is just so nice. I mean, who do you go to? And you know, full on, well, they haven't combed their hair in years. They don't care about combing their hair. They don't care about hygiene. They, they don't care about that. All they know is you enforce the boundary and things feel different, so they're trying to figure out how to get close to you. Well, I know she keeps herself up. I know he keeps himself up. And if only I could, you know, come in, meet them at the beauty shop or the barber shop, I can start talking to them so I can embrace this boundary they enforce with me. That's what that's about. That is what that is. Hey, where do you get your hair done? No, you keep that separate. Let them know. Where where did you get your hair done? Where they do hair. Well, <laughs> I know that's silly, but where? Where they do hair. I mean, what's the location, Google? I mean, <laughs> exact locate, Google. You just got to go figure out where you want to go. Keep it separate because a toxic person... A person who you had to enforce a boundary with who means no good, they're not for you, 
They're going not only to erase the boundary, but to create more problems where they destroy your relationship with your beautician, your barber, your stylist. They want to get in your hair. And since they can't get in your hair, they want to connect with someone who is in your hair. They want to know the ins and outs of what you have going on. They'll make it look like they're befriending the person who's in your hair. Throwing out all this money and compliments and flattery of an unsuspecting party. And now you got a problem on your hands because you didn't keep things separate. And you didn't enforce the boundary. It's not a game. They'll start scheduling appointments on the same day as you. You didn't tell them when you were going in. But they'll ask the beautician or the barber just in casual conversation. Weakening their defenses. Oh, yeah, I just want to know when she coming in, you know, because that's my girl right there knowing doggone well. Y'all not cool. Y'all not friends. Y'all barely talk even though y'all related. No. They have a plot and a plan. Keep it separate. They're trying to gain access to you the wrong way, going through the wrong door. Doing all of that relatability stuff. Don't do it. I don't care who it is, man. Separate it. Keep it separate. (laughs) Keep it separate. Keep the beauty shop separate, the barber shop, the nail shop, the dentist, the car shop, the eye shop, the hospital. Keep the hospital separate. Keep the car shop separate, the eye shop, the stop and shop, the bus stop, the library separate. Keep the bank separate. Keep the school separate. Keep the neighborhood separate, the community separate, the doctor separate. Keep all of it separate. Keep it separate. Keep your friends separate, your relationships separate. And when I say relationships, don't go telling people about what your family said to the person you enforce boundaries with or what your loved one said. Don't do it. I'm talking about decent interactions. I'm not talking about raggedy relationships people are building and being messy. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about your quality relationships that you have. Keep that separate from these people you enforce boundaries with to the best of your ability. Because I know it's kind of difficult with uh, family members you share. But you can keep the information that you share with them separate. Or don't tell them at all. You don't have to tell everybody everything. It's important. Just because people you know are cool with you doesn't mean they will be cool with other people you meet. Because some people are out to kill, steal, and destroy your reputation and you in totality. They don't like you. They don't. And you have to understand that it's... It's not, oh, a stranger doesn't like me. It could be in your own camp. The majority of all situations and circumstances where people have enemies, it is within their circle, within their clan, within their camp, within their group. Keep it separate. Even if you're a caretaker and a caregiver and you're enforcing boundaries and the person you're caring for Ask you, hey, I really like your hair. I mean, can can your beautician do some curls and 
I really want it to be this way. And you think she could do something like that? And I want to go the next time you go. You go tomorrow, right? Can she fit me in for tomorrow? You know what you could do? Cancel your appointment. Call your beautician. Let them know, hey, I'm not coming tomorrow. Is it okay if I come the next day or two days later? If you have a good relationship with your beautician or your barber and there's an opening, they'll say, yeah, yeah, come on, come on in. Come in two days later. That works out for me. So now you got that straight. Then you go to Google, type in beauty shop near me. Oh, you see one inside of a gas station. That's the one that you take them to. Well, I guess you don't have to do that. You don't have to take them to one in a gas station. But just make sure you take them somewhere where you don't go. You keep it separate. And, of course, they're going to put it together. Hey, this where you go? I mean, this what they do? Let them know, yeah, it's the beauty shop. I, I go to the beauty shop, and this is beauty shop. So, yeah, there you go. Keep the stuff separate. No matter what you have to do, keep it separate. Don't let those people go to your dentist. You cool with the dentist and you cool with the staff and the people you enforce boundaries with show up over there messing up everything that you have going on. Just messing it up, being messy. Don't do that. Don't. Don't don't tell these people about your connections and your hookups. Don't do it. All they're going to do is mess it up. They're going to create whole problems on purpose because that's who they are. Don't give these people the passwords to your stuff. <laughs> don't do that. Don't give people who are not trustworthy any passwords to your stuff. Don't give them any personal information. Don't do it. Don't keep it separate. Keep your emotions separate. Keep it separate. It's not a game. You have to enforce the boundary and keep it separate. Because if you don't keep it separate, saying that you're enforcing a boundary, that's a half boundary, and it's going to create whole problems. You're going to invite some things in your life you had no business inviting in. Don't do it. But going back to Abraham, you saw how he kept it separate? I don't read this, but using my spiritual imagination, what if there was somebody who heard how God destroyed the city Lot was living in? And then they went to Abraham and said, Abraham, what's wrong? You need to go see about your family. You don't do family that way. You don't let your family burn. Go see about them, Abraham. Forget about those boundaries. Just forget about what God told you to enforce. That's your blood. Abraham stayed right there. Abraham stayed put. And although we didn't read somebody telling Abraham to go get Lot, the fact that we didn't read it, what if that's because people who were around Lot before Lot and Abraham separated when Lot was with Abraham? What if they knew, oh man, Lot going through that. Who just messed up? Hope he makes it out alive. God bless him. 
What if they said that because they knew all the problems Lot came with? So they just stayed on their side of the boundary too. They didn't even try to go talk to Abraham. They was like, ah, God got them. God took them out. Okay, got to work it out. And in a sense, that's what we have to do. Don't feel pressured to do what God told you not to do. Just because somebody else is pressuring you to do it. Somebody's pressuring you to be disobedient. And you feel, I mean, it's family. Let me go disobey God. No. You better stay put. Keep things separate. Keep it separate. Obey God and enforce the boundary. Don't worry about what people tell you. Focus only on what God told you to do. And the scripture I would like to review with you is Genesis, the 19th chapter and the 27th verse through the 28th verse. And it states, early the next morning, Abraham got up and returned to the place where he had stood before the Lord. He looked down toward Sodom and Gomorrah, toward all the land of the plain, and he saw dense smoke rising from the land like smoke from a furnace. So when God destroyed the cities of the plain, he remembered Abraham and he brought Lot out of the catastrophe that overthrew the cities where Lot had lived. I wanted to share this scripture with you to encourage you to go to God and ask him for guidance, discernment, and wisdom on the boundaries he told you to enforce. Also, keep it separate. Keep your emotions separate from the boundary. Keep your contrary thoughts separate from the boundary. Keep disobedience separate from the boundary. God knows how to care for both parties. He knows how to care for you on your side of the boundary marker. And he knows how to care for the person he told you to enforce the boundary with on their side of the boundary marker regardless of what they have going on or what y'all both have going on. Our aim is to enforce God-honoring boundaries and move forward. God knows how to reveal the purpose of the boundary and why he told you to keep things separate. All right? So remain encouraged. And I want to thank you for listening to the Boundary Series. When you have some free time, feel free to visit drkenitrabryant.com to download some Bible study content. I have on the site. You can check me out on Instagram at Aim Towards the Target. Enjoy the remainder of your day and share this series with someone you know as you enforce God honoring healthy boundaries with confidence. All right. Peace and God bless.